0: Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Jokum. Frenchie is here. We are going to talk about the biggest waste of time in Formula 1, which was last weekend. And, but before we get there, <laughs> let's go through some trivia. The last podium in Formula 1 that had no drivers from Europe was...
1: Hmm. That's a good question last podium without a european driver um i have to think about that for a second
0: folks we might have really stumped him on this
1: one and by wait i think i think i might have heard this before actually i might have heard this fact Was it at Suzuka in
0: 1990? Son of a bitch.
1: Yeah. Can you. It was Suzuka related. That's the only reason that I like was able to recall that because obviously we just had Suzuka. So I figured. PK Moreno to be. Suzuki. You should have made me name them. I wouldn't have gotten. Um, who was it? A Aguri yeah. Suzuki? I yeah. wouldn't have gotten him. I would have said like Satoru yeah. Nakajima. I don't even know if he was still racing then. Anyway, well done.
0: Thanks, Cody. Sorry, I. I... The question was supposed to be last week, and I forgot I forgot about it.
1: Uh, well, that still would have the Suzuka like tie-in would yeah, have yeah. still.
0: Well, we don't have to preview tough, a
1: race this week. It's just recapping the
0: biggest waste of time so far in 2022. I don't know where you want to start, but I'll let you start.
1: I guess let's just start with probably the wet tire issue. Because that's why we had a problem at the beginning of the race, and we couldn't get it started, even though these are open-wheel cars and it's not an oval or anything, so they should be able to race in the rain. Yes. I. To me, the issue
0: Sunday morning, or when I watched it, it was Sunday morning, looked more like you couldn't see a, a damn thing in front of you on the track. So it was more of a visibility thing than a tire thing. But... If we have wet tires and intermediate tires, and they aren't good enough for wet weather racing, why do we have them? Yeah. Right.
1: So the wet weather tires, theoretically, would clear right. more water, because they have more of a tread than the intermediates do. So that should, if they were good enough, solve the problem of visibility. I mean, it's always hard to see, right? And we've seen races, do you remember like pictures or videos of the 94 yeah. Japanese Grand Prix? They couldn't see anything. And I mean, yeah, that's not safe, really, but like, I don't know, if you have wet weather tires, you can see at least, I would think, directly in front of you, especially with the lights blinking, but Pirelli just has dropped the ball so far that even Max has come out after the race and said, hey, um, we need to fix this, and I'll do a wet weather tire test for you, because these are terrible, and we can't race on them. They literally are only there to do, like, reconnaissance laps under safety. Yeah, they're... I wanted to blame this on safety and not the tires,
0: but when yeah, I got nothing. It's it's bad. It's it needs to change. It's like are they not doing their homework on what a wet weather tire needs to be because clearly they had at some point. It's not like we've never raced in the rain before, but I mean, now it's just a total disaster.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I love tire war, right? Because that just makes everybody i don't know step up their game i think when pirelli's kind of become complacent it seems like in making this wet weather tire so we need to see something better even the drivers are saying it maybe this will i don't know finally get f1 to really push hard on pirelli because they didn't after last year at spa (laughs)
0: yeah let's hope so man because this was embarrassing
1: yeah it just doesn't i mean because then it has all this confusion of which we'll get into now about how the race finished and how they just basically chose to award full points because even after spa last year, where they did this whole revamp that if you want to go back and look into that, there's a whole schedule or whatever table of how many laps or have what percentage of the race you need to award certain number of points. Well, Unfortunately, the rules weren't written well enough where if they were able to restart the race after a stoppage, that wasn't accounted for in that regulation. So basically, I'm sure everybody's kind of heard about this now, but to break it down if you haven't, the reason why full points were awarded and essentially why Max won the championship, which we'll get to the other reason in a second, was because if a race has to stop... And can't restart that's the only time when those points structures apply so let's say you finish 50% of the race then you get however certain amount of points are dictated in that regulation as long as it doesn't restart the fact that there was a red flag and then the race restarted means that it didn't matter when the race stopped we could have done two laps after it restarted after that red flag and there would have been full points awarded so that's absurd and needs to be fixed because I don't even think Max expected, he didn't clearly expect to be the champion after this race. Yeah,
0: when Ma- even Max Verstappen is like, wait, I'm not champion right now in the, in the cool down interview thing. Like that's, that's, just such, that's such an embarrassing look.
1: Yeah, and I mean, we're really going to have last year after last year where the championship was decided in such a contentious way. We're going to basically do the same again and decide a championship. I mean, Max was going to win, right? right? But this had to be the most anticlimactic, lame, just unexciting way for someone to win a championship that if you're a Formula One fan that just recently got into it, I would be so disappointed. I I think
0: all Formula One fans should be incredibly disappointed, whether you have blinders on for the sport or not how could you come away from this weekend with any sort of optimism that f1 and the fia are going to make the right decision on anything like at this point it's been in race post race pre-race rain sunshine popcorn contracts etc etc they've gotten wrong Every, everything they've gotten they've gotten it all wrong or they've they've they think they're right and they they write a rule post spa 2021 and they don't write it right they can't even do that right so at this point the FIA might be the worst governing body in all of motorsports and that's saying something because i'm putting them below nascar and nascar screws up a lot
1: that's a good point uh, i mean obviously nascar had some controversy this past weekend, but I have to agree with you that the FIA is has gone downhill. Like, I mean, the meaning of the F1 circus just takes on a whole new kind of gravity after the situation. That was a complete farce. And they should be embarrassed, but they don't seem to have any shame, I guess, because we'll get into a couple of other things that happened recently that they should be embarrassed about. And somehow the organization just continues to almost believe that it's so important and powerful that it cannot make a mistake or that it shouldn't take credit for mistakes when it does make them. Let's keep going. All right. So the other reason that Max won the championship after the Suzuka race was because of the penalty handed to Charles Leclerc after the race. And this was decided almost immediately, unlike Sergio Perez's penalty, which took hours after the race last weekend in Singapore, or two weeks ago. So he was handed a penalty. I mean, do you agree with the penalty? Yeah, I don't have an issue with it. Yeah, me neither. I don't think there's an issue with that penalty whatsoever. But, I mean, when we talk about Sergio Perez was allowed to give his explanation essentially, for why he wasn't able to stay close to the safety car, and he somehow got away with like a minimal penalty anyway. I mean, you at least have to give Charles the ability to go present his case in front of yep. the stewards or whatever. It's not like it was going to do anything, but at least give the guy a fair shake because, I mean, he just lost the championship. He knew he was going to lose the championship. But the way that it was done has no consistency once again. Agreed. I I just don't, I mean, this is like batch the FIA episode, and I don't think anybody, hopefully, is upset with that because we're also now going to get into this whole like cost cap, budget cap thing, which is just swirling around, and it just I don't know, for some reason I think the FIA causes a lot of its own drama and then acts like the victim.
0: Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. You know, they they screw all these things up, and then they go, oh, well, what was me? I'm just going to leave it at that, because I don't really know how else to phrase that at this point in the day. But, you know, it's... <laughs> Something yeah, in French. What was me, except in French. <laughs> eh, that's that's where you come in with your, your French knowledge. And, yeah, it's... it yeah, completely lack thereof. Uh, that's all i got
1: so let's get into this whole issue about budget caps we talked about last week max and red bull basically you know there was this whole issue with oh they might lose the 2021 championship and get be stripped of it because that's a possible penalty for them going over the budget cap that was introduced in 2021 we finally got the announcement that oh my goodness the rumors that Rebel kept denying and saying they were like completely shocked and offended by, and that it was like defamation and libelous, were true. They did overspend, or at least that's what the FIA says. And they overspent by potentially about $7 million. Whereas Williams received a fine for basically some minor infraction of turning in their papers late, yeah. essentially. And then Aston Martin, we haven't heard exactly what they did, but they didn't overspend. It was some kind of other infraction. I
0: don't understand.
1: The question is, I don't understand
0: why seven million dollars is considered small. Because from what I've figured out, yeah, minor. (laughs) minor. Because seven million (laughs) dollars is is a is a good upgrade on your car. You know, that's or uh, plus maybe some spare parts. So, if that you know if a good upgrade on your car is let's just say two three tenths a second lap time improvement, and now you don't have that and you lose a couple places on the grid, like that's millions of dollars at the end of the year and lost prize money. So how is seven million dollars just
1: just like, ah, you know, it was just seven million. Well, it may not be seven million but that's like what it can get up to because it's five percent of what the right. budget cap was plus the exemptions so it might I mean they might have overspent by a couple hundred thousand dollars it might be one million but it might go all the way up to seven million and we have yet to find out but the real question is how's the FIA going to enforce this or are they because here's my take on it let's say that Red Bull won right in 2021 by overspending. And of course, this is the name of the game. You're going to try to have some like clever trickery and find some ways to like offset costs that aren't going to be calculated in your budget cap so that you can spend as much as you can and get an advantage, right, the unfair advantage without doing it illegally. You know, it's all about clever accounting. It's the same thing with the whole like yeah. engine regulations. You're going to try to get an advantage, but you do it by exploiting some sort of a loophole. So maybe Red Bull was just really smart, or they thought they were being really smart in the way they were reporting things or categorizing them. And the FIA says, no, actually, that's illegal. But what I'm worried about happening is that they're basically just going to find Red Bull, which won't matter to that organization, right? Okay, so they overspent by $7 million because they have that money. And then you're going to penalize them with maybe a monetary fine. We'll see what happens. I mean, it'd be better if they did something like limit their development in the future because then that would actually take away some performance going forward. But I don't know. Somehow I don't see the FIA doing something that rational. And instead, they're going to fine them. and, And basically, that's going to mean that teams are going to have the choice to either spend over the budget cap and gain that advantage and just pay for it later or not do it. And so the teams that are going to be capable of overspending are just going to basically <laughs> incorporate that fine into their budget and do it anyway. And I have a story that I have to reference in a second after I get your take yeah, on that. Yeah, it's
0: like if you're Mercedes and you're like, okay, let's hypothetically say Red Bull overspent by $4 million. Maybe it wasn't the full seven. You go, okay, we can add another $4 million in there. Oh, and they're going to fine us $10 million after the fact because we overspent by $4 million? Well, all right. We've got the money. Who cares? If is that going to win us a championship? Screw it. You know, we've spent more on championships. You know, in the seven in a row we won before. So who cares? So, but I agree with you. I'm, I'm not holding my breath that there's going to be any actual like punishment that's going to go. Okay, that makes sense, and is going to deter people or teams from doing it in the future. So, no, I expect like you, some sort of silly fine, or you know, maybe they have to like give out free chick-fil-a at the the austin race this weekend like (laughs) red bull has to pay for chick-fil-a this weekend so you know maybe that's the punishment
1: you craving chick-fil-a right now i did just look
0: over at my empty chick-fil-a coffee cup from the last time we recorded the other day that's that's still sitting up here and it did get me a little hungry
1: fair that you make me want it now but back to the topic at hand I just read, and this came out today, Thursday, when we're recording, that apparently Toto Wolf said he's ready to break the F1 rules if the FIA don't strip Max of basically everything from 2021, uh, and he's just going to essentially do what we just said, that he's supposedly ready to respond with his own budget cap antics if the FIA doesn't set a strong precedent by dealing with Red Bull. This is according to um, an Italian newspaper called Corriere dello Sport, I think. I don't know. Maybe I said it right. Maybe I didn't. Um, But Mercedes have already discussed apparently planning a big budget and paying any subsequent fines if it means getting back to the top. So doing exactly what we just said. I don't know. And why wouldn't you? That's fine. I mean, screw it. If if they're not, if you're just going to get fined again, let's rock and roll. Exactly. So the FIA either has the opportunity to get it right and enforce this so it has some teeth. Because if Red Bull did overspend, although apparently they didn't hide anything, that's key to note. I was reading that or hearing somewhere that they have cooperated completely. And it sounds like Red Bull was confident that they didn't overspend and that they were not going to have an issue. So even though they did in the FIA's eyes they were like willingly giving their paperwork and being like why what's the issue with this so it that's why it's a minor overspend i guess because they weren't uh purposefully misleading anyone i mean it's still wrong right if they did it but essentially what i bet's gonna happen is they're- get ready race fans because the ultimate nascar experience is about to hit the airwaves welcome to pit pass nascar the podcast that takes you deep into the heart-pounding world of nascar racing join us each week As we bring you closer to the
0: NASCAR action with exclusive interviews and all the news and rumors you need with your favorite drivers,
1: team members, and industry insiders. So whether you're a fan of super speedways, short ovals, or road racing, or you've just watched Talladega Nights, Pit Pass NASCAR is the podcast you've been waiting for.
0: Get ready to fuel your passion for NASCAR like never before. Subscribe now to Pit Pass NASCAR on your favorite podcast platform or head to evergreenpodcast.com
1: and get ready to join us. Launching in the fall on Evergreen Podcast Network. Follow us on social media at pitpass underscore NASCAR to stay up to date with everything you need to know about the podcast.
0: I'm Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event.
1: going to make this mistake they're going to get a fine it wasn't a mistake but the fia is going to say oh you made a a whoopsie um and not like an accident in your pants type whoopsie but you know what i'm talking about um and you're going to have to pay this fine and we're going to clarify the rules so you can't do it in the future and rebel's going to say all right well we won the title in 2021 by overspending so whatever the results are there you can't take those away and we don't regret it one bit
0: yeah, man, this sucks. I hate that like this is like the most interesting storyline we have going on right now.
1: I do have yes. to ask you, I thought Suzuka the race itself because there was no DRS was way more interesting than most of the other races. I mean, the way it ended kind yeah. of ruined stuff and Max obviously had like a 20-second lead at the end of it, but that battle between like Ocon and Lewis and some of the other battles throughout the field, like Seb oh, and yeah. uh, Fernando, because there was no DRS and there wasn't just a way to fly right by, I preferred that. I mean, there wasn't as much passing, but I don't think you can base the excitement of a race on the number of passes. No. Instead, it's how close the battle is, and that's what we saw. Yeah,
0: on I agree. I. It was hard to like really enjoy it, you know, between the the crane removing the car on track and oh. yes we yeah about and the lengthy red flag delay which obviously i don't know about you but i just dvr'd right through it but like it was still Same. frustrating i actually woke up sunday at like 3 a.m and I rolled over and i'm like hmm i could put this on tv right now and like there's probably like 10 minutes left in the race and I was like, no, I'll just watch it in the morning. And thank God I didn't bother trying to wake up, because it was probably still in the red flag period. <laughs> and I would have been annoyed. But, yeah, it was definitely better. The battle The battles weren't artificial because of DRS. So, yes. Nicholas Latifi scored points. It's a weird, week, weird weekend in... when
1: the fact that Latifi scored points is making no headlines. Yeah, it is odd. I mean, he scored, what, two points for finishing ninth? Yeah. And I think that's his best result of the season. And I mean, he's going to go out, I guess, on that strong result for him. But I wanted to ask you as well, what you thought about that Carlos Sainz incident at the beginning of the race? I think he's done nothing but dig himself a hole this year because Leclerc was able to keep there most of the time with Max, even though Max seemed like he was in another league. And I know that Leclerc made important mistakes, like at France and stuff like that. But I think that this whole argument of who's going to be the number one driver at Ferrari, or is they both like equal number one, has definitely been more than decided in Charles's yes. favor. And maybe I was the only one <laughs> holding out, thinking that Carlos could compete. But uh, I just don't know what's happening there.
0: Yeah, it seems like when he makes a mistake, it's it's like... You know, he bounces off the wall and bounces back on the track. Like, it's like a glaring mistake. It's just, it's frustrating yeah. because he's a good driver. He just has had a really inconsistent 2022. That's what year it is, right? Yeah. Is he, a-
1: yeah, yeah. Is he no. at risk, you think, at no. all? If he keep, keeps no. this, this up? Okay. Maybe next year, but no, I don't think so. All right. I mean, I think he has a contract through at least next year, so... He's fine for then, but I'm just wondering if, you know, if you do badly at Ferrari, I don't think that they usually just kind of hold on to you.
0: Yeah, I I mean, I think he's at least got next year.
1: Although, I guess they held on to Jean Alesi and Gerhard Berger for a really long time while they were both sort of underperforming massively. But maybe that's a hot take. I don't know. Um, Okay, let's get to that Crane incident. So... What happened is, obviously, that crash for Carlos Sainz. He's kind of stuck somewhere, and I think... Who else went out? Um, Alex Albon. He had a failure. And he was off at the side of the track as well. Sort of right after the hairpin, I believe. And then... The first hairpin. And then we had a safety car. And the field's running around the safety car. But Pierre Gasly... Who had started from the pit lane had made a bunch of progress and then unfortunately crashed into like an advertising banner that was shaken loose by carlos hitting the barriers yeah and so then he goes back into the pits under yellow as you would to get a new front wing and get that taken out of his whatever the front of his car and he's racing back to catch up to the safety car and he didn't go over the safety car delta you know our least favorite thing from the f1 games (laughs) i'm just like triggered by thinking about that but he didn't go over that but he comes up on the field super fast and there's a crane on the track and we saw the images of him and he was in a rage about that and i don't blame him at all and i don't think anybody else does either because he was really close to Jules bianchi who died at suzuka in a similar incident in 2014 keep that stuff off the track Until the cars are off the track. It's wet. We saw what can happen. You can slide. It's dangerous. Until there's a red flag, which is what they eventually did. So they could have just waited to bring the tractor or whatever, the truck out then. And that's just what they should have done. I don't know what was happening there. I have nothing good to add to this one
0: other than watch Gasly's interview after the race and the fact he's still been struggling with it during the week this week. And tell me, again, that the... FIA slash F1 slash safety crew did not royally screw up.
1: Yeah. I love how clear the blame is for most of these incidents this week. There's like no debating it. I feel very strongly about who's like at fault in like almost all of these. I think the last thing we'll have to get to before we review our predictions are, let's see, actually... I think I had one other thing, maybe. Did I? No, that was pretty much it. Besides, um, yeah, apparently the W Series is like just gone. Did we talk about also the driver market stuff? Did we cover that last week, or did it happen since yeah, our, episode, since our last week? episode last week? All right, so we'll yeah. talk about that, too. But W Series, they're just not even going to have their final three rounds, because I guess they're out of budget, essentially, to continue operating. And, again, the FIA operating as the villain that they are in their secret lair, I don't know, somewhere under Paris, I guess, or something, just doesn't seem to care, right? Like, this series was all hyped, oh, look at us, we're going to have this effort for diversity, we're creating this series. It was bad enough when they didn't promote any of the drivers, specifically, like, Jamie Chadwick, who won, like, again, I think, this championship, because they're just calling it. And she was going to win anyway. But they never were going to promote her. There were no options to promote her. No one was even looking at her, apparently. I mean, she had like a William Sim driver or like reserve driver. I don't even know what the role was. But it was kind of just the title that she was probably paying for. The FIA doesn't seem to care. They're not even really reacting that the W Series has now just fallen away. It's just failed completely. I don't think they promoted it or invested enough or gave it any real direction. So it was destined to fail. So it's their fault ultimately for this happening. But I don't... Have they even come out and said anything about it? No. No, I was about to ask you. I haven't seen anything. Yeah, me neither. So that's pretty pathetic. Just, I mean, don't pretend that we race as one and we're going to, you know, promote women and diversity into our sport when you literally just like set this up and then kind of pushed it to the side, ignored it until it failed. Yeah.
0: Again, shame on the FIA. I like don't have anything to add because I just keep going back to like the FIA just royally (laughs) screwed this up. You had a great chance to build on the (laughs) diversity of the sport. And instead we focused on a series that got Jamie Chadwick nowhere. And
1: but she tested an Andretti India Lights right. car. Right, which, which might... <laughs> why does she have to go to an... I mean, okay. That She had nothing in Europe. And that's why she came over and tested something in the United States. That should tell you everything you need to know. This is the person who's won like three championships in that series on the trot. And nothing was being offered to her in Europe. So she had to look elsewhere. Yeah, and I mean, I hope she does well no matter what she does. Because I think she is talented, but... They haven't done anything to promote her talent over there. No, not at all. It's—I would like to say that I'm surprised, and but I'm just disappointed because it's not unexpected that this was the outcome. Um, I mean, I have to be honest. I don't think I watched many W Series races. I don't even know where you were able to watch them. They just didn't no. I do don't the think they were ever them. on TV. I followed the series, but I, yeah, okay. So maybe I didn't yeah, even know. Yeah, I that. don't. I don't think they were. So, yeah, I I just, I don't get it. Like, why go to the effort of hyping this up for it to just be a complete sham? Yeah, it's embarrassing. It's just outright embarrassing. I know what this uh, is going to be called, this episode. The FIA is embarrassing? (laughs) No, bleep the FIA. Yeah, it's probably more... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Less appropriate, but more accurate. <laughs> I'm wondering how much of this is just carryover from Jean-Tot and his like reign as the president of the FIA, or how much of this is new under Mohammed Ben Sulaim or Salam. I don't know. I don't know if
0: we'll know that for another year or two, but it's... You feel like if there's a new guy in there, he would implement changes if needed, and clearly he has not done any of that. So, Yeah. It's, and I'm inclined to give Jean-Talk yeah, credit. maybe it's like a
1: little bit of both. Potentially. But uh, there's serious problems at that organization, and they don't listen to this podcast. They probably don't listen to any feedback whatsoever. Correct. So maybe we're... Uh, yelling into a void here, but it makes me feel a little bit better. Yes,
0: I agree. I've I've been waiting all week to say the FIA is sh- is shameful.
1: Oh, I thought you were going to say another word with an S. Yes, them, th- that too. Shite. Okay, last thing. I think we have before we get to our predictions. Which uh, shock, shocker. Neither of us did so no. well. No. <laughs> But and I also, I think, like, we're getting to the end here, and I think you're actually moving up the standings in our grid rival league, but I'm moving slightly down the standings. I want to say I'm in 10th now, and I was up as high as, like, 6th or 7th at one point. I think you're in, like, 14th, 15th. Yeah, I'm in 14th. Yeah, you were down in, like, 20-something. You keep jumping up. You're going to overtake me by the end of the season. I don't know about that. I, I don't have a good budget right now yeah me neither i keep losing money on this but um before we get to that we had news that confirms that nick devries is going to alpha tauri alongside yuki Sonoda next year which gave pierre gasly the opportunity to join alpine alongside his best friend Bestie, esteban Ocon. and i saw that esteban posted yeah, something yeah. about you know like uh, Something kind of cute and nice. And I don't know if Pierre posted anything. I didn't see anything like that. No. <laughs> so I guess their friendship is still not what it was when they were 15. Yeah, maybe Esteban still hasn't been forgiven. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how that goes because the Alpine looks like a really solid car now. And I mean, that's what's going to happen when Fernando leaves your team. You just like go on to win the next season. Yeah, man,
0: it's uh, a good move for for Gasly, good good for DeVries to to get into F one full time, and I'm excited to see how both do in their in their new positions. I think it's a I think it's all around like a win win sort of situation.
1: Agreed, but Daniel Ricciardo is pretty much he says that he almost has no options to be on the grid next year, and is eyeing 2024, which I don't see how that would happen because. You sit out a year, and you've kind of, I don't know, not faded away into obscurity, but just kind of, I don't know, just lost all of what seems to be the draw of Ricardo as a driver, at least, for any team. I don't know who's going to pick him up after a year away. Uh, uh, I mean,
0: look at Magnussen was a year away, so... Aldon Aldon yeah, was a year away so it's becoming more prevalent again i last year i would have agreed
1: with you now i'm not sure i guess you're right and Ocon came back from a year away and Alonso has come back from a year or so away so you're right but i don't know if any of them performed as poorly as ricardo has been performing at mclaren before they like left the series and then took a year off but i don't know we'll see if he comes back um, he's definitely not going to be on the grid next year, and I guess we're just now waiting for that second ha seat alongside Magnuson, yes. because it's either going to be Mick again, or it's going to be Nico Hulkenberg. Don't do
0: we need to know who's the Williams? Or th- yeah. Williams,
1: too. Yeah, Logan Sargent is what everybody's saying. Or I guess maybe Mick could go yeah, there.
0: Sargent needs to finish in the top five in the standings, which is still not necessarily given in F2. To get the ever super awesome super license points that he needs.
1: Gotcha. Well, we'll have to keep an eye on that. But yeah, I guess we only have those two seats that we're looking out for. And unfortunately, neither of those is really like a, I don't know, like a compelling seat that I'm like on the edge of my seat. Yeah. (laughs) enough To to look out who's going to be be there. All right, our predictions from Suzuka. We picked, um, let's see, okay, I picked Alonzo, who finished seventh, had a pretty good race, even though we saw all those people just, like, not pitting, especially Mick, just, like, not going onto the intermediates, and that just screwed all of their races. Anybody who stayed out longer... I don't I don't get it. Like they were expecting maybe a safety car was the what they were betting on, but the speed differential of the intermediates as everyone already knew was yeah. so much that it was like it was seconds, like 5 seconds slower to be on the wets. Yeah,
0: I don't know what they anybody who took that gamble needs to have their strategy
1: team reassessed. I really thought Ferrari was going to do something like that. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> Charles, we're going to stay out.
0: Charles, do you want inters or wets? Question? Question? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, man. I, I For some reason, it just hit me how annoying. And I don't know his name. I forget it. Charles's engineer's yep. voices. just really yep. irks me.
0: So who is the rest of our, qu- our predictions? Question?
1: All right. So <laughs> I picked, yeah, Alonzo finished 7th. Magnuson finished 14th. So I had an average finish of 11.5, and I picked Gasly to get out of Q2 or to what? Eliminate. To make it to Q2 and then be eliminated, and he was eliminated in Q1, so fail there. You picked Botas for that and were correct. He was eliminated in Q2, but you had Carlos Sainz, who finished 19th, and Lance Stroll, who finished 12th, so your average finish was 15.5 nice thanks thanks carlos i forgot i picked you until
0: just now thank you so much <laughs> all right well no race this
1: weekend coda is next weekend eh. no two, two weeks two weeks right i don't know it's just... uh no you, you're right you're right it's like october 23rd yeah, yeah, or yeah. something
0: so we'll be back then to we'll be back next week to discuss that And that's all she wrote for the week. Everybody have a lovely weekend of watching NASCAR. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not. It's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because...